When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We want to be a place that people come to. You know, we want to be a destination people come to to come talk about football. So we're, we're 100% open. I tell every high school coach, like, you want to come to practice, you come anytime you want, you know. So, but we also wanted to have a really good uh, clinic. I think it's really important, you know. Um, I hired some people that the coaches maybe aren't comfortable, not comfortable, um, familiar with. And so to sit there and listen to um, Terrence Knight and Garrett McGuire clinic and the level of detail and knowledge, I think that helps our program. And uh, we, we had coaches from Texas. This week we had coaches from Albany, New York. We had obviously coaches from Nebraska, from the Dakotas. So people came from a long way. So to get you know close to 400 people here for our first clinic's great, and it'll just continue to grow. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, Matt's Rule Edition. I'm your host, Honky, and I'm with Mac. Oh, hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, um, great day today. Perfect weather. Fantastic out. Yeah. Got down my first uh, application of pre-emergent weed and feed, so that's looking <laughs> good. And it was a bunch of Husker content to listen to while I was doing it. It was a fantastic day. How about yourself? Did you listen to Adam Carricker on the fan forum yesterday? <laughs> of course not. That's all right. That's all right. That's- I, didn't, I didn't know it was out. That's the beauty of the podcast. You put you all these advanced ones on all the time. I don't know. It's, it's hard to know it's real. Sorry, you can always listen to that uh, <laughs> later. The beauty of the podcast. Well, uh, tonight we're going to talk a little bit of the coaches clinic that went on last weekend here in Lincoln. Yes. And uh, joining us, uh, making a repeat visit to the Redcast is York Dukes football coach, Glenn Snodgrass. Welcome back, coach. Hey, coach. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mac and I have a, a special kind of affinity for the, the coaches clinic. We went there from the, the last year of Solich, 2003, yep. the first when, yeah. when Bo was introduced as the DC, mm-hmm. all the way up until COVID. And then uh, we stopped doing that after that. We I would come back from Colorado to do coaches clinics. I would, that was a great, it was a high point of the, of the spring for us. Yeah. I, and we would do it. We were youth football coaches for a number of years. I even ran our program mm-hmm. as an AD there for about three or four years. So that's how we got in there. And then we kind of kept going. And then eventually it was like, we probably should stop going. We're not coaches, but you are. <laughs> and this is why, and this is why we we don't feel bad bringing you on to, to exactly. talk about it. So vicariously, we're going to live vicariously <laughs> through you here. So uh, through the pork chop dinners and all that that they do. You know, before we do that, let's uh, t- uh, go over a couple of our upcoming shows here real quick. And next Wednesday night, we'll have Brandon Cavanaugh on uh, Wednesday, April twelfth at eight p.m. A, a fan forum. He's the Husker college football analyst with Athlon Sports. Uh, next up, of course, is the Redcast. Uh, store Mac and I are wearing Redcast hats right now uh, that we got through it. And last but not least, this is the Sam Foltz Memorial Kicking Camp. It's going to be Friday, July 7th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Grand Island Senior High School. Coach, you might even have some guys that can be making it out to here on this one. July 7th, um, it's going to Jamie Cole with Cole's Kicking is putting it on. You can learn more at forever27.org. That's all spelled out. Uh, The numbers are spelled out too. And 100% of the proceeds go to the SF27 Foundation. That's cool. All right. Well, this we have a new coaching staff, and this is their first year that they did a coach's clinic. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
And I want to start to kind of get your thoughts on, on what you saw. And maybe a way to, to do that, Coach, would be tweets of the week. I'm going to start with this. Ed Foley, back in December, went across the, the state. And I tweeted at you, and this was on, or this is actually January 23rd. I tweeted at you that, uh, you know, hey, he's he's coming out your way. You know, you should uh, you should have him stop by York. And you responded like a few minutes later. And you're like, yeah, he already did a couple of weeks ago. So <laughs> this coaching staff has is definitely put in the time. They put in the effort. They went, went to over 100 schools. What was it like having Coach Foley coming into your office? How did he set, set that up? And and how have the relationships started to be built? Yeah, it was he. Uh, I just got a call from uh, I don't know one of the somebody in the office up there and said that he was coming down. And I was I was kind of excited to get to know somebody on the staff because you know I I didn't know anybody on that staff. You know I kind of knew Coach mm-hmm. Rayola a little bit I guess from the year before, but other than that I didn't know anybody. So I was excited to get him in there and just kind of get a feel for what they were going to be like and what he was going to be like. And uh, we had a great conversation. I don't I don't think he necessarily you know, went to every place because every school he went to had a, a division one or a, you know, a big 10 caliber player. I think they were trying to get out and uh, make relationships and kind of just get their name out there. So um, we, you know, we had a great conversation. He, we hung out for probably, I don't know, 45 minutes, I suppose. And, you know, talked about our team, talked about our kids, kids in the area. And he just wanted to get to know about all the schools, you know, what's, what's York mm-hmm. high school all about? What are some of the traditions? What are, what are, uh, and, you know, I think he kind of knew that, that I had a son that played and some, uh, some other of the York kids that were on the team. So, you know, it was, uh, he just wanted to talk and I just think they really, you know, those guys aren't from Nebraska and, you know, mm-hmm. other than what you see on sports center, they probably didn't know a ton about what Nebraska was all about. And I just think they were trying to just get a feel for the state, uh, pretty much. And, and obviously, you know, I think, I think every staff I've been around since Solich, every new staff does this mm-hmm. every, every one of them. I mean, Bill Callahan's staff did it. Polini's staff did it. Riley's staff did it. Um, Frost's staff did it. Um, I don't know if any of them did it quite to the extent that Coach Foley did. Um, I remember when Frost's staff came in, they they sent all the coaches out all over the state. So I think it's kind of a typical thing that a lot of staffs do at the beginning just to kind of, like I said, get their, get their names out there and start to develop relationships, you know. And that's going to be hard for any staff to do for two and three and four years, you know, because you just can't ex- expend all that time and energy and manpower um, year after year. But, you know, Coach Foley, boy, he definitely put the miles on. And he's the perfect guy to do it because he's just really relatable and such an easygoing, just blue collar guy that's easy to talk to. And um, yeah, it, it was a it was a really good experience. No, and that's cool. I mean, and one thing, you know, anyone if you watch the the fan forum that you and I did last summer, Coach, you know, we're not here. The, the last thing we're going to do is sit here and crap on the previous staff. No. That's not what this is nope. about. We're not built that way. And I know you're not. So it's never a comparison. How how did these guys do it versus the last one? I think it's interesting to hear your perspective because you've been around doing what you've been doing as a championship coach at both York and Overton. So over the course of two decades, you've been doing this through multiple coaching staff. So I think it's to get that comparison. of, And I also think it's good to hear that, yeah, you know, sometimes I think the Kool-Aid starts flowing right now where everything's great. And it's like, oh, my God, this is the first staff yeah. to ever do this. And I like what they're doing. I think it's great what they're doing, but it's also not necessarily yeah, unique. I, I appreciate you saying that, too, because I thought the same thing. Because like, I remember you know, there was a there was a big push when Frost first got here that they went throughout the state and, and, and rightfully so on both sides, but it just, you know, it is kind of recency bias all the time with like, well, look at how this staff is recruiting the state. Like, But moving on from that, um, 
they have reached out to you. They have made contact with you. You do have a son on the team, so that kind of puts you in a neat perspective. But before I go any further, we, we talked about our swag earlier. That shirt of yours, I see the 41. It uh, looks like it's a highway. A highway? I would, my, my wife. I know your son's 41, but is this a special branding thing? Because that is yeah, an awesome shirt. My wife, my wife's. Uh, where she grew up, the home she grew up in by down by Adams, she right on, she grew up on highway 41. Uh, she drove highway 41 to school. And no then way. some parent friends of ours had a sign, a, a shirt similar to this, to their son. Uh-huh. And my wife saw it and thought, wow, Garrett's That's number 41. Shirt. I grew up on. So I, I bought this shirt. I had it made and we put it on social media. Yeah. I, I wasn't trying to sell anything. No, 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 no. It's yeah, no, but I bet you had a hundred different people call me and want to buy one. So oh, hundred. I, I, I've yeah, already kind of thought a about lot of people, too. a lot of people, just from a social media tweet or tweet, maybe a Facebook or something. So yeah, it's uh, it's, it's that's probably awesome. my favorite shirt. So that's fantastic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, to me to get sidetracked. Go ahead. No, no. Uh, <laughs> well, and you know when when Foley went across the state there mm-hmm. in January, you know we're from Columbus, and I when he sent his photos out that day when he social media out. He went to Skoda's, he went to Lakeview, he went to Columbus High, he went to, to Skyler. I mean, you got to be smart about it yeah. with what you're doing. But I love how this staff has really made a point of like, we're not going out to, to see one place and then coming back. I mean, we're going to go out there and we're going to we're going to make those relationships. And and I, I'm sure when he was out there seeing you, I mean, it was York, York uh, Central City, probably Seward, just you know whatever. There's a there's a whole slew of them right around there. And he hit eight man schools. He hit. They hit 11 man. I mean, they hit a little bit of everything. So at the same token that we said that it's not necessarily unique what they did, it it no lessens the fact that this is it's it's important what they're doing. And I'm glad to see that they've they've kind of set those roots up early. Yeah. And as I said, I've seen every staff do it. But I will say I think Coach Foley went above and beyond. I think I mean, Mm -hmm. he was like a week or more whatever it was. And he wasn't just cruising up and down the interstate and stopping by the easy places. I mean, he was getting off the beaten path Uh and going to a lot of different schools. So um, I I will say that, you know, they've all done it. But I will say I I think these guys did maybe more. Coach Foley at least did more than most. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had that uh, the promo at the beginning for the Sam Fultz kicking camp. Uh, but that was one of the stories of, of Foley being out yeah. in Greeley area and going to see oh, yeah, Foley's yeah. parents. And yep. you know, just that takes on top of having, a, I think, a really savvy staff and, and, and coach rules very good at what he does. I think that's there's the influence of Trev and somebody oh, in the program has to have that kind of knowledge to be able to impart that embark that on those guys where it's like, oh, yeah, there's somebody really important. You should go out there and see him. And I think that's just great. And, and there were some coaches along the way too. Again, this is not well, the this is not the same thing about previous staffs. But there were some coaches that said, "Hey, this is the first time we've had a Husker staff come here in a while." So, yeah. so that is cool that uh, you know they definitely went out of their way to to see as many places as they could. And the, and that kind of speaks to that that alignment they always talk about. I mean, yeah, it's it's probably incumbent upon Trev to to make sure that these messages get to these coaching staff, but the coaching staff still has to embrace the idea yeah. of going out there and doing it. And like to what you said with coach Foley going above and beyond, not just embracing it, but, but, but uh, taking it to the next level and really in- ingratiating himself, which is so important to this state. You know, everybody talks about how, how Nebraska is different, but it truly is where the, the, the university is the only game in town. So you like the, the, the coaching 
from these, you know, schools throughout the, throughout the state are so important. You know, those connections are so important. So uh, I'm glad to hear that they're taking it seriously, I guess is probably the best way <laughs> to look at it. It's like, they're just taking it seriously. We'll see if it maintains, right? Momentum's everything. Yeah. Winning cures all too. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> I'll take one at consistency and the, the reaching out or winning. I actually kind of like winning at first, but we'll see. <laughs> Another cool thing he did is, you know, he's taken the special teams role incredibly seriously yeah and you know you mentioned he went and visited the Foltz family Gerald Foltz mm-hmm. and he, he mentioned trying to reach out to the Mahers and the um the Henrys mm-hmm. and the the different uh, uh weird, special yeah. teams legends that we have right here in Nebraska trying to get the feeling of you know the feel of of uh what kinds of things they did to be great special kickers and punters over yeah. the years so he specifically reached out to a lot of those um special teams families too and um, I, I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so cool. today they had uh, Coach Foley and uh, Bushini, the the uh, mm-hmm. punter. They had some of the special teams people talking during the uh, he's during high the press on conference. Bushini the way he was talking about him. Yeah, and and you know to speak so he of put on a clinic. Speaking of clinics, well, and uh, one of the recruits that we got this year, Obano, the kicker from Omaha Westside. There's an in-state kid that uh, they, they got a scholarship to him as a kicker, and and he's going to be competing for that spot right away. Well. You know, we started talking about how the coaches went out to see all of you. And I think this was important. I think it was important that they made those mm-hmm. trips in December and January. But what was great about this last weekend in the coaches clinic is it, it's the reverse. It's the opportunity for all of you coaches out in the schools all across the, the state and beyond to make that trip to Lincoln and, and to see the staff. And so it was great to see all the social media photos I was seeing people posting them coming back here um, to, to get it started off, I guess, just from a traditional standpoint, you know, usually the head coach comes out, kind of does the introduction, and then there's a bunch of different sessions where yeah. where assistant coaches will go and lead them. So um, I, assuming nothing changed drastic with that from a previous one that we would have gone to, how was the, the how did it flow? How did the intro with Coach Rule, and how did you get the introduction to start uh, meeting with some of the assistants? What go? we're trying to find out is were there pork chops? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it was a little bit different. It was definitely it was in the the West Stadium on the third third and fourth floor up there, and it's never been there before. Part of it, Coach Osborne and the meal was out in the Hawks, um, mm-hmm, but okay. the bulk of the clinic was actually up in the stadium, mm-hmm. um, and that was kind of cool. It just jumped right into the assistant coaches speak, and so you know we got off the elevator and we sat down, and Coach Riola started talking about inside zone and. Um, and just how, how they different blocking techniques that they use, run block and pass block. And and then they just had every every session, they had an offensive and a defensive coach, um, just a Nebraska coach, assistant coach talking about a certain topic. So, you know, I think there was five different sessions, five different 50 minute sessions that you could hit. So, you know, I listened to half of the staff speak um, and I tried to kind of switch it up between offense and defense so I can get as good of a um a mixture of all of them as I possibly could. Um, Coach Rule didn't do a whole lot. He basically introduced Coach Osborne, um, and that's when I had to leave. So I didn't gotcha. catch all of Coach Osborne's um, speech. But, uh, yeah, Coach Rule didn't actually give a big, long, long presentation. It was yeah. mostly the assistant coaches that did the the heavy work. And then uh, Saturday morning, there was a little FCA session, and then the weightlifting coach Campbell and the weightlifting oh. uh, strength and conditioning coaches did a little uh, a little little session, and then it was right into practice from there. So um, it was. I, I actually really liked it because when I go to these things, I like 
I like getting the nuts and the bolts. You know, uh-huh. how do you teach your 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 running backs to hold the ball? What are your mechanics of block? And what are your, you know, um, the wide receiver coach? Uh, oh, McGuire, wide receiver coach Garrett, uh, Coach McGuire. Is that right, mm-hmm. McGuire? Yep. He, he spoke about RPOs. Um, I I was blown out of the water. I was blown away by him. He was very impressive, and you know, and everybody talks about him being twenty three years old. Well, you wouldn't have been able to tell if he was 23 or 43. He was very well <laughs> How does he? That's really a great that's a, I'd be interested because he's in, he's in a in that coaching element. He is a he, no no matter how you slice it, he's a young man. How did he handle himself? Did you? It was pretty genuine the way he. I mean, you, he's with a bunch of grown men. I'm sure. Well, you know, I, I was kind of he couldn't have given too many clinic presentations. I wouldn't think going up to that. And there was exactly. probably. 200 plus guys in the room, you know, old veteran mm-hmm. coaches and he's a young guy. And I was, like I said, I was really impressed. Huh. He was one of the, I was as impressed by him as I was anybody the whole day, to be quite honest with that's you. And that's not putting down anybody else. He, no. he did a very, very good job and handled himself. Well, like I said, you would never believe he was 23 years old by listening to his, his session. I mean, and it was some pretty technically high level stuff. And obviously you're not going to be the the wide receiver coach at the university of Nebraska, unless you're really good at what you do and you know, those technical things. Um, but yeah, he was, he was real good. I was very impressed by him. Now, throughout the years, do you kind of uh, follow a similar pattern and, and the coaches that you tend to, to watch? I mean, do you tend to, do you usually catch the O-line coach or do you try to vary it? Oh, I like, well, I'm a quarterback coach and a linebacker okay. coach. I'm the offensive okay. coordinator. Um, I love linebackers. That's one of my, that's just one of my favorites. I love coaching the linebackers. So I always go to the linebacker sessions. You know, I listen to coach rude for five straight years, you Mm -hmm. know, and then um, this year listening to um, coach Dvorak was uh, very good. And it's, it's interesting because coach Dvorak's a a fair amount different than coach rude is. There's uh, Mm -hmm. um, new techniques and things are different than what coach rude did, but you know, that that's coaching, you know, there's, multiple different ways to skin a cat um, and none of them are necessarily right or wrong, just a lot of different ways to do it. So, and then I like to talk, I obviously like to listen to the quarterback coaches too. Um, I like to get, you know, I, my goal every, every clinic season is to pick up at least one, if not play one series of plays that I want to try and mm-hmm. implement. Um, and so I always want to kind of hit those, those offensive sessions. And that's why that wide receiver session, coach McGuire was so good with the, sure. RPOs. I mean, they're, uh, I got some real good stuff from him there. So, um, yeah. And I, like I said, I'm more into the nuts and bolts, you know, I, I, I am huge and, you know, without going into too much, I'm, I'm really big. The culture is big with me. Leadership Uh is big with me and all those things are super important. Um, I get a lot of that stuff from books and videos and all that. When I go to the university of Nebraska, I, like I said, I want to know how does coach Riley teach the inside zone? Uh How is, what are the steps and the footwork coach Dvorak's, you know, using how, 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 what are the mechanics of the quarterback, how they're throwing the ball. So those are the things I tend to hit. And I was really looking forward to coach Osborne, but I had a family thing in the evening and I had to take off and go. So I I did miss that. And that's one thing I talked to coach rule and coach Foley the next morning at practice. And they said they were going to send me a video of it. So I'm hoping to get that at some point so I can at least watch it. So, yeah. um, Yeah. Did you did you get a chance to see Raiola last year versus in this year? Um, yeah, I think so. I think last year I watched him on the field doing some coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, they did. Uh, he kind of had his offensive line together 
out in the in the field house and he was doing some technique work there with him and that's kind of where i got to watch him um his stuff is very similar obviously the place is, is it different but his he's not going to change the techniques he he teaches too much i wouldn't think um i don't think the thing the things he talked about saturday or mm-hmm. i'm sorry friday were not different than we talked about okay we talked about a year ago that, okay, that's kind of what that's kind of what I was I was wondering actually. It was because, and I don't know if that was uh, like a bit of a conflict with Whipple or not, but I mean that's obviously why this current staff retained him is because of the style or whatever school well, that he he subscribes to in terms of blocking. Mm-hmm. But the, but the but the other thing is a lot of the drills that you know they show these little tidbits of uh, sights and sounds of practice you can see, and the the lineman drills to me, and this is just a very brief view of it, but it just seems like. I see us moving more with our offensive linemen. It's a lot more running blocks and getting into them, and they're going 10, 15 yards versus mm-hmm. just, you know, kind of footwork shuffling. And that just looks a little bit different to my eye. Um, but but that's such a snidbit. But I wonder – I was just wondering if there was any difference that you might have saw in terms of practice and, and, and how the offensive line was maybe doing drills. I know you probably – well, you, you guys get, did get to see scrimmage, so. I think but, they're trying to slim him down a little. It looks like it, yeah. A bit. Yeah, I mean, more they, flexibility they want too, to right? Move like just what you just said. They want him to be able to get in the open field and get to that second level and block those linebackers and yeah. maybe a little more effectively. Um, and so, yeah, they, you know, like Bryce Benhart, he's one of the largest humans I've ever been around in my For life, sure. but he just looked slender compared to previous years, and I think that's a kind of a concerted effort they're trying to do to, um, you know. 305, 310, that's plenty. They don't they don't need to be 340, 350. So they want them building. Well, and if they can't bend, it's not it's no good anyway. Yeah. And that was kind of one of the things of my critiques of of maybe the previous red regime in terms of like I just didn't feel like our offensive linemen improved physically that much. We got bigger and stronger, but it just seemed like our mobility went down. And I and I do think just from the little bits that I've seen, it looks like our, our O line's moving a little better and they all look a little trimmer to me. Yeah. But it's like it's like whatever the flavor of the month is, you know. Mm-hmm. Some staff will come in and go, "We're too small, we got to get bigger," and, <laughs> yeah. and I'd be like, "Yeah." And the next staff comes in, we got to get smaller and faster. I'm like, "Yeah, we just win." Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm not again. I'm not going to dog on Coach sure. Duvall and the strength staff or anything. So I think Duvall did a very good job because when Duvall took over, I remember sitting in some of those uh, pre games when Garrett was a recruit, mm-hmm. and our guys would be on the field, and then Wisconsin or Iowa would run out, and I'd be like, "Oh my goodness, we're in big trouble" because they were so much mm-hmm. bigger. So Duvall had to get us bigger and stronger. Now yeah, it, it, I think sure. this new staff is, and you said this word multiple times. I think mobility is a is a is a big focal point with this uh, mm-hmm. with this new staff. Just being able to move. I remember a couple years ago. Um, Coach Saban in Alabama, at Alabama mentioned, you know, our strength and conditioning is all about speed. It is obviously no. they want big, strong guys, but it, their strength and conditioning is all about fast, explosive guys that can move. And I kind of get the feeling with these guys, it's kind of very similar to that. Okay. Yeah, we want them to get bigger and stronger for sure. You know, so yeah, sure. Yeah, so they're gonna, they're they're lifting hard, but the mobility portion of it is, uh, I think, stressed a lot more. Maybe, um, maybe that's maybe, what it is. Injury prevention, you know, fewer, uh, fewer uh, soft, uh, soft tissue injuries, mm-hmm. those types of things. So again, not not necessarily that the the previous co- uh, strength staff was wrong, but mm-hmm. they're just doing it a little bit differently, and they want them to be able to move a little bit better and be a little bit more mobile. 
Yeah, a little different philosophy. I know well, they, the, they is, said with the yeah. old linemen that they even took the knee braces off them what? in practice. Or, yeah, that they're not, Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. they weren't using those. But, you know, back in December, uh, I went over to Alumni Hall, uh-huh. downtown Lincoln, uh, one of our sponsors, and they were doing nice. a pipeline jerky event. And we had some members of the last year's pipeline there. And one of them was Kevin Williams. And it was right before Kevin left, but I was talking with him, and, and Ben Hart was there too. And Ben Hart, big dude, like just like you said, he's probably the <laughs> biggest guy, <laughs> one of the biggest humans I've ever seen. But um, Kevin Williams said he's like he wasn't going to knock anything with Duvall. He's like Duvall did his job. He got us big. We were strong. We could move a house. Um, he goes just within the first couple of weeks of being with the new staff at that time. He was like, there's just a different emphasis on mobility and we'll see what happens with it. And I I've talked with other people on this show since then. Um, I think it was Cody Glenn I had on and I was talking with him about the transition between Callahan and Pliny and two different strength coaches. And they just. You know, they do something a little different. Dave yeah. Kennedy did things a little different than what James Dobson did. Not that one's right or wrong. It's just we're going to go in a different path. And I, I I, can tell you, seeing the photos of Ben Hart right now and seeing the video of him today versus what I saw in person there in, in December, he does look different. So it, it is interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to see what how that can affect the line, maybe having a little more of that, that mobility. But well, two, two quick things. Mm-hmm. First of all, well, I was I was someone explained it to me as – um, Coach Duvall's staff wanted you to move 500 pounds this far, and Coach Campbell wants you to move 400 pounds this far. So uh-huh. maybe not quite as much weight, but a little mm-hmm. bit more mm-hmm. range of motion. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, the, the mobility part of it's huge. And the second quick story is Bryce Benhart was Garrett's roommate right when they moved into the dorm room. And we didn't know who Bryce We, we kind of knew just from the recruiting videos and all those things. But he walked into the dorm, and I looked up like this, and I'm like, holy cow, hello, Mr. <laughs> and when he, and he left, and I go, Garrett, I just have one bit of advice for you, and that is take the top bunk and not the bottom bunk. For <laughs> that's, sure. That's a large man. Yeah. <laughs> that is a large, large man. Him that is great advice. That would be the end of you. Him and it's and crazy. Cole that are the biggest boys I've ever been around. I, I don't get intimidated very often, but when I'm standing by those two dudes, they're big. <laughs> Hey man, that's just the thing though with this team. We've got some monsters on this on this team, mm-hmm. and and that and I'm not convinced that some of these guys can't get a hell of a lot better with just a little bit more guided coaching. Yeah. Uh, and, and just what, and again, never to, we're not trashing on the other staff, but it just seems like uh, the focus is a little bit uh, clearer with the staff, and um, and I think a lot of guys can benefit from that. So you know. I just and I, it would be nice to see because a lot of these guys have grinded and you've never heard anything bad about most of these players. They all work hard. That's what you mm-hmm. hear about. You've heard about that from jump. Great attitudes, great mm-hmm. kids, work hard. It would be nice well, for them. You know, coach, you get to hit this from a couple different angles. You are a in-state coach. You you do it from a recruiting standpoint. You've talked with these coaches as a coach. You're also a parent of of a player yeah. on the team. What is it like right now as a parent? How have the the Listen to your son talk. Listen to your son's friends talk. How has that transition been? We haven't seen this mass exodus of players, at least up to this point. You know, in fact, we have 105 or whatever the number of scholarships. We actually have to still get that number down. But I, I think that's a positive on how this staff is is certainly treating players that you haven't just seen people. We've seen a, a coach to the a state to the west of us come in and say, hey, get the hell out of here. You know, this staff has is certainly working <laughs> with these players and wants to see them succeed. And if they can't succeed here, then they want to see them succeed somewhere else. Well, it's, you know, these kids have really been through the ringer for four years. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, all those, those close games and those gut punches at the end. And, you know, it's been four years of it, 
you know, and, and last year was, was rough, you know, and when coach rule came in, that was basically these guys, third coaching staff they've had in six months, you know? And so there was definitely, I think a little bit of a feeling that this guy's got to earn our respect, you know, cause we've, we've been, been through a lot, you know, and you know, they, they loved Mickey Joseph and, you know, that yeah. obviously didn't go right at the end. And so mm-hmm. there was, there was, this coach had to earn their respect. And I really feel like coach rule did that fast. Mm-hmm. I think he's such a relationship guy. I mean, he's so, he wants to get to know um, every kid on that team. And it doesn't matter if mm-hmm. you're the starting quarterback or a walk on, you know, who's never going to play. Um, I think he takes as much time as he can with all of them. And um, the, the, what I've heard from the kids is, they feel like these guys are going out of their way to get to know them, to to build relationships. And I think it's been pretty incredible how fast they've been able to do that and how fast the kids um, feel comfortable with them. Um, I've been to a couple practices now and my wife came to practice on Friday with me and Garrett was over there doing uh, some drill. And one of the, one of the office ladies saw that we were there and they said, Oh, you guys got to come over here and talk to coach rule. So another person went all the way across the field, grabbed Garrett and pulled him out. And Garrett's like, what are we doing here? And pulled Garrett (laughs) all the way across because they wanted Garrett to be there with me and Allison, Allison and I, when we talked to coach rule and, you know, he just, he talked about how important family is and how he wanted And, you know, in Garrett's mind, he's thinking, all right, dad, shut up. I got to get back to this drill work, (laughs) you know, that time with family and, and, and him getting to know, um, Allison and I and Garrett, you know, um, Dalton was not there. He was over at UNK to practice, but um, getting to know us as a family, it was important to him. And he talked to us and then Garrett went back to his drill, but he talked to Allison and I for probably close to 10 minutes, I bet. And that was in the middle of a practice. And it was just because he knew, and I had met him before, but he had never met my wife. And so that was just how important it was. And he talked a lot about how important family was and how we're welcome at practice and the coaches are welcome at practice anytime. And, um, you know, families are, they want families to come on Saturdays if they possibly can. But, you know, I was told that I could come to practices as a coach. So um, I I was very, very impressed. Coach Foley came over and talked with us. And all the coaches during practice took the time um, to stop and say hi to us and get to know us. So they're not only trying to get to know the kids better, they're trying to get to know the families better. And they've already had, they had, this was, well, coach Dvorak had only been there for like two days and they had a, they had a meet and greet, which we've never Mm -hmm. done that before. They just got us all together up on the third floor of the East stadium and they brought in food and it was just, all the coaches and all the recruiting people and all as many parents that can make it just walking around and talking, just getting to know and building relationships. Um, And then they had another family meal, which I wasn't able to get to um, last week where the kids were encouraged, bring your girlfriend, bring your aunt, uncle, mom, dad, whatever. And they wanted them to bring family in. So they're really making it a, um, an emphasis. Another cool thing they're doing is they're having a mom's night the day before the, the spring game. And my wife is fired up because one of the things on the itinerary is tackle your son. So, <laughs> he's been having me teach her all these techniques of how she can take him out. Oh you know? and so it's it's just in this short amount of time. And, you know, who knows if it'll keep going this way. But they mm, are yeah. they're not just saying it. They're really doing it. They're making a serious effort to really get to know the kids. It's easy for them to get to know the kids, but it's it's hard to get yeah. to know the parents. And they're really trying hard. So we we appreciate that. 
And, you know, we just, it makes us feel even more comfortable with uh, who's taking care of our boy. Oh, that's, that's just music to my ears, honestly, yeah. everything that you just said, because that's, that's how I kind of envisioned Nebraska should be, especially with the local families and really make, it's just nice to hear what they're saying out front in the cameras is mm-hmm. what's happened in the back end too. Because what, lots of times, you know, just as a fans, you know, you can, you can read what's on the message boards, you can read what's mm-hmm. in the papers and, and you can, you can kind of read between the lines on a press conference. Maybe. Listen to a dumb podcast. Right, exactly. But you then, can't, yeah. but you can't really know how he's actually talking to parents and you can't actually know how he's actually interacting with the players. And, and, and to hear that to me is just like, okay, that's validation of what I'm seeing the man presents himself in front of the cameras is what he what's going on in, in the background. And that that means a lot to me just, mm-hmm. you know, as a Nebraskan, as how I want my coach to be mm-hmm. like, I'm like, okay, this is a guy I can get behind. This is a guy I'm excited about. He just, he just, the more I hear about it, he just comes across as a guy who kind of has it figured out to an extent. Like he, the reason he can talk to you during practice, during the middle of a practice is because he's a coacher of coaches and they can run the practice and he can monitor it, you know, a little bit in the background. And, and what a great. That's a very De- Devaney kind yeah, of way to, to run a practice. But, but those those are the charmers, right? Those are the coaches that people oh. love because they can spend time with you and they can make a connection. And it seems important and it seems genuine from, from to hear you talk about it. So that's like I said, that's just music to my ears. He, he's just he's very approachable. And you see and you, you always saw pictures with, you know people with Frost and Riley and all those, you know, Pelini and all those guys. But um, Coach Rule is just – he's he just kind of seems like an everyman. I mean, he's just kind of a normal guy out there. And I think people just feel comfortable coming up and talk to, talking to him. And then when you actually do talk to him, it's he, – he acts the same way as he looks. I mean, he's just mm-hmm. a nice, normal guy. I mean, cool. he just he, – he is easy to talk to and um, very, very approachable. So I just mm-hmm. – you know, just a, just a blue-collar guy. He's not – you know, there's been a lot of coaches, and whether it's an assistant, not just at Nebraska, I've dealt with so many st- coaching staffs over the years. But you get a lot of, um, you know, I'm a D1 coach, and you're just a little high school guy, you know, mm. and we're a little bit bigger than you, or more important. Than you. <laughs> right. You know, I felt like Frost staff was really good in that regard too, where they were very approachable. Um, but these guys, and Coach Rule in particular, they're they're very much the same. Um, just, uh, they, they put themselves on the same level as you. It's easy for those guys to kind of, if they wanted to, you know, to kind of big time you a little bit, um, they're, they're not doing that one bit. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, I'm a head coach at a high school in Nebraska that sent them some kids. So, you know, they, they want to, they want to make a good relationship with me, but I don't feel Mm -hmm. like they treat me any different than anybody. I mean, they're, Mm -hmm. they're super nice to all of them. So it's, uh, it's definitely a breath of fresh air for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you know, I, I think of uh, actually a statement that uh, Callahan made back in the day. He goes, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm-hmm. And a lot but, of people say that. Yeah, yeah. but it, it still means something, too. I mean, like we've talked about uh, yeah, this. Yeah, I'm not about. Yeah, we've talked right. about this on this show, you and me, Mac, about <clears throat> that there are times that we've lost a lot of the close games the last few years and we'd hear it was little things. And we kind of we broke that down one time. Like, what is a little thing versus a basic or a fundamental of football. And to me, a little thing isn't special teams or isn't a mistake that we made on the field, penalties, turnovers. A little thing are the things that you just talked about. Hey, bring the family over here. No one sees that. Nobody, and that, you know, nobody knows that happens, you know, unless we yeah, talk about that. it on a podcast. But yeah. but but it's important, right? It's a little thing, but it adds up. 
And yeah. and I'm hearing all these little anecdotal stories, one after another. The the story in Bellevue West about the the wife works at Bellevue East and, oh, made, yeah, with the and cookies. made cookies, yeah. and he when he went over to Bellevue East, he he thanked her, you know, right. in, in class, you know, for the cookies she made. And just it's those are little things, but they they do add up, and it's that relationship building and. And, uh, you know, they don't care how much you know until you know how much they care. And, and it seems like he cares enough to want to do that and build those relationships. So I think that's great. Yeah, he talks about earning the right to coach him hard. And I think that's that's kind of goes along the same lines. It's, it's just uh, all, that, all that's a part of building a culture. You mm-hmm. know, all those – and there are no yep. little things. It's They're all big things. All those, like you said, all those little things, those little things add up. Um, but they're all they're all a part of building a culture, which he's obviously trying to build a family culture. And, you know, I always remember Coach Osborne talking about unity is the most important thing in any team, mm-hmm. you know. And if you really talk about family, you're talking about the kids, you're talking about everybody involved in the program, the family and the kids. And so, yeah, I, I would agree 100 percent that all those little things definitely add up. Um, you put all those things together and then maybe the kids will fight just a little harder and maybe they'll find mm-hmm. a way to get that extra first down or maybe whatever. But I also think that it's not just those, I don't know, I don't want to call them selfish reasons, but I also think he just does it because he cares about the kids. Yeah. I, I, I've only known Coach Roll for a couple months. I'm just kind of thinking, though, I'm assuming just kind of what I've got to know about him so far. It's just I, I think he just genuinely cares about the kids. And, you know, I yeah. think his dad was a pastor. I heard some somewhere mm-hmm. along the line. And he just seems like a, a, a genuinely caring guy <laughs> just wants the best for the, all the boys that go down there and play for him. It, it's been interesting to me a little bit, how, how quickly uh, T.O. has jumped on board with Matt rule too. Mm-hmm. I know Trev has a lot to do with that, but, but I don't know if you got a chance to see that round table with him and Trev. I, and, part of it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really good. And, yeah, and, and, and T.O. is T.O. You can clearly <clears throat> tell isn't just sitting there, to look good. He's talking, he's engaging, you know, I, I, I know you didn't get to see him talk at the, uh, yeah. at the coaches clinic, but it sounded like it was really good. It sounded like he was really engaged and kind of fired up and given good knowledge. So, I mean, that stamp of approval from Tom kind of goes a long way for me. And it's, it's just kind of interesting because obviously he loved Frost. I mean, Frost was one mm-hmm. of his guys, but for him to so quickly embrace the next guy, yeah. I think is important. Well, and talking to coach rule and coach Foley at practice on Saturday morning, it was it was really cool to see the kind of the reverence that they had when they talked about Coach Osborne and right. just how they were almost starstruck a little bit when they when they got to talk to him for the first time and got to meet him. As you know, I, I'm 100 yeah. percent that way still. I've met him several <laughs> times, but for it's sure. still you know, holy cow, that's Tom Osborne. I remember the first time ever Garrett was a, a recruit as a sophomore in high school. And I'd been coaching for a while at that point, but we went there and somebody introduced Garrett to coach Osborne and I'm sitting in the background like, Oh, geez, I I need to shake his hand. You know, I'm like sweating. And he came over and he goes, hi coach Snodgrass. How you doing? I'm like, Oh my God. Tom Osborne knows my name. (laughs) It was a a really big deal to me. And I thought it was pretty cool. And then Garrett about a month ago, they were doing their, uh, they're doing their spring thing where they had to take picture with uh, some hall of famers and Garrett and most of the guys just took pictures in front of the Hall of Fame pictures. Well, Garrett got a, a selfie with actually Tom Osborne and Trev Albert. So he oh, got nice. two Hall of Famers oh, at once. Yeah, and I remember Garrett seeing that. called me and he goes, we were talking for a while. And he goes, oh, Dad, Coach Osborne told me to tell you hi. I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, it just still is. <laughs> That's cool. He's kind of my hero. I mean, he is. I mean, ever since I was a little kid, I mean, Tom Osborne was a big thing. I've read everything sure. that's yeah. written. 
and a major, major part of my coaching philosophy comes from those books and just what Tom Osborne did as a coach. I mean, how would you not want to be like that guy? That's amazing. I mean, he's, uh, he's incredible. And the fact that he's still, you know, able to come out and wow a group of 400 coaches today yeah. is uh, pretty awesome. That's, yeah. That's really yeah, cool. I love it. I love it. I love hearing it. I love seeing him out there. I love seeing him engaged with the program still at his age. Mm -hmm. um, it's all good. The, the You know, the, uh, you know, the kids call it a vibe these days, like when something's <laughs> going good. But the vibe right now down in Lincoln is good. It's, it's really good. Well, and I think maybe this is the good segue. We're we're kind of at the halfway point. Okay. And, and if, if I had to define. Bring us back home. Well, no, kind no, of been it, it, no, if I had to kind of like give an overview of this part one, it's it's you you said it, coach. It's it's about culture. We talked about recruiting. We talked about relationship building as a parent, as a, as a coach, what the coaches were like, how they interacted. And, and I think all that leads up to, I called it little things and, and basics, but the reality is it's culture. You're right. All these little things add up and it is a big thing. It, it creates the culture. So that's part one of this. All right. Now, if you came to this show and you're like, well, when, when are they going to start talking about the players and the practice and what they do? That's what well, we're we going into now. That's, 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 that sounds good. That's what we can talk about. Right. That's, that's part two of this now. And this maybe this is maybe this is the basics. This is the fundamentals. This is the things that if we're going to be good. The Jimmies we, and the Joes. The Jimmies and the Joes. <laughs> it, all the mistakes that led to little one score losses over the last few years, you get them fixed in practice. And coaches talk about how practice is the most important time. I'm sure you have your own thoughts on that as a coach, too, about how important this is. So let's just start with that part first. On Saturday morning, they went for about 45 minutes of practice before they went to the scrimmage. So what did you see, uh, Coach? What were some of the things that caught your eye in those first 45 minutes uh, before we got to the actual scrimmage? Yeah, I've been to two practices so far. So the, the first practice I was at was the third practice of spring. It was the first one with pads. Um, and so that what they did there and what they did for it was more like an hour probably at least before they went to the scrimmage. Those mm -hmm. were very, very similar. Mm. Big emphasis on special teams for the first half hour, probably. Um, and, you know, I I think they've always talked about that. But this one, it just it felt different. It wasn't just one or two drills that everybody was going through. It was, you know, it was it was every coach controlling uh, or coaching a certain technique or a certain skill of a certain special team. Okay. And for example, you had some kickoff return returners and um, wedge guys over here and you got some frontline guys over there and inside, maybe you're working on some extra point PAT or whatever. Um, but there was different things going on at every, at, at every okay. different station. And it just, it really felt to me like they got a ton of good special teams work. Okay. And, and this is one thing I will say, you know, I, I, I really, we both said it a lot. I don't want to ever say anything bad about the previous staff because I do think they did a great job. But I do, I think from what I've seen so far with their special teams emphasis, it seems to be more. And it seems to be like they're getting more focused um, special teams work done. Okay. Um, they've obviously got a good kicker and punter and multiple yeah. guys. There. So that was one thing that definitely stood out. The next is just the total numbers. And obviously spring, you're always going to have fewer guys because uh -huh. all the freshmen aren't in yet. But mm -hmm. the fewer numbers that were out there, you were able to get – there was very little standing around. Could, I mean, could you feel the fewer going, numbers? Did it seem smaller? Did, could you? Did it seem like a smaller What's, roster? Yes, it did. It did. You okay. could definitely tell. And it's always a little like that in the spring because yeah. all the freshmen aren't in yet and the seniors are gone. Sure. But this was because I've been to spring ball 
for 25 straight years, I've went to one or two in the fall and one or two in the spring. So I've been going to these practices forever. And this felt like, other than maybe Callahan years, this felt like a very small team. And maybe I was just comparing it to the last five. Oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. And it really felt like every kid was able to get more work um, when they, whether they were splitting up doing stations or when they were scrimmaging. You know, ones versus ones here, twos versus yeah. twos here, threes versus threes there. There weren't really fives anywhere. They just weren't there because there weren't enough guys. So when they were doing seven on seven, inside run, whatever, everybody was going. Each one of those groups maybe had oh, one or two subs that would rotate in. But there was never a time. And there was time in the last several years where you would have guys that would kind of stand there and for a lot of practice mm-hmm. and they were, they were still getting multiple groups going. There were just so many guys. Right. It was just almost impossible to get them all rolling. Mm-hmm. So that, that was another big thing. Um, and you've all heard about the, the quarterbacks were live in the scrimmage. The scrimmage was awesome. I mean, it was very physical. Oh. Um, and we were talking about the green jerseys on the quarterbacks, you know, and <laughs> um, we're like, Gee, when did we start, you know, making these wimp quarterbacks that got to wear green? And then all of a sudden it was live and they were uh, taking them down hard. You really? Know? Yeah, it was fully full, to the full, ground. Full to the ground with the QBs. Yeah, it was. And I've, <laughs> I haven't seen that since Frank Solich. So. Were they were, were they wearing green jerseys or they were, were they actually? So they were wearing green jerseys, but but it was, <laughs> it was but it was target. But it was <laughs> yeah. And they were they were doing different tempos. So at the beginning they were doing some thud, um, yeah. but but it wasn't much. It was far more full than it was thud. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was full tilt to the ground for most of the scrimmage. No you, I just asked this. I had Adam Carricker on yesterday, and I brought this up to him because in 2005 he was on the team, mm-hmm. and I've mentioned this countless times on the show. So Redcasters, you've heard this before, but you here we were, go. Were, <laughs> were, were you at it, or do you remember the scrimmage where oh, Joe hear. Daly w- came into the scrimmage as a starting quarterback, and Zach Taylor ended the the two hour 200 play scrimmage as the starter? Was that the coaches clinic scrimmage? It was yeah. the co- it was the coaches I, clinic weekend. It I'm was sure I was there. Yeah, I I think I remember what you're talking about. I've been to every clinic for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, so, it, yeah, it was I'm such sure a for me. They beat the hell out of him. Well, that, for most that, of that scrimmage, they beat the hell out of Zach, it, but he just kept getting up. And I catch making first downs. I catch crazy. I catch so much grief for this because I've been saying the green jersey thing since the start of the red cast for for the last six years. But that weekend, that scrimmage was so formative in my mind as a as a coach, and and it you can't learn real football things about players if you don't go out and do some football yeah. at some point. You've you've got to play. And I always said Joe Daly, no, no disrespect to him. My goodness, that guy's you know he's coaching in the pros, and the dude has forgotten more football than I'll never know, right? But he looked like the perfect quarterback in every drill. I feel like every that. time. But once you. It was you, you throw a little bit of the, the live bullets against him, and that's where Zach Taylor started to rise out of it. And, and that's something Carriker talked about yesterday was how tough Taylor was. And they learned yeah. that in that scrimmage. And yeah. you really can't learn it unless you tackle the guy and you take him to the ground. He has to get up and he has to run a huddle and he has to run the next play and do real football. And so anyways, I, I want to go back to Saturday. Now this Saturday, with that kind of in my mind, did you see anything out of the quarterbacks? Were there any, you know, did you see some tales where, oh man, that guy did something really good. He, boy, he got up, he took a big hit or anything impress you that way. Well, every year at these early practices. So that would have been, I think the seventh practice, I think Mm -hmm. um, the offense is 
you, the offense usually stinks. It just, That's, I mean, yeah. the defense is always ahead. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I was very pleasantly surprised. The offense looked pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. running the ball and throwing the ball. And I'll tell you what, Sims looks good. He looks good. He's He looks the part. Um, and then, <clears throat> you know, the first practice I saw, he was – it was hard to tell because it was – you know, there were a lot of drill work, seven mm-hmm. on seven. You know, you got, you got, don't worry about any rush. I mean, the seven on seven quarterback is a seven on seven quarterback. But on that scrimmage, I mean, he, he ran it, he threw it, he ran, I mean, he looked good. I thought Harburg looked good. Um, and they were, it was obvious that they were trying to give Harburg some, you know, let him run it a little bit. Um, uh-huh. he, he just looked big and strong and athletic standing mm-hmm. by Heinrich Harburg. And I, you know, I don't, I have no clue if he'll ever play a snap. I don't know, but he looked big and athletic, and he ran the ball very well in the scrimmage. Mm-hmm. No, you know, I, I thought those two guys looked very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, the receivers, uh, I can't think of his name. The new receiver from Virginia, Billy Kemp. Yes, he did a lot of good things. He caught the okay. ball. He even ran the ball a couple times. I think he'll be an impact player. I mean, obviously, okay. he, he was where he was at. You know, so, you know, there was – the offensive line, I think, is going to be pretty decent. I mean, getting okay. Murray back was a big thing. Yeah. You know, you got you got For quite sure. a bit of experience in there. Prohaska coming back, you know. If you, you can keep him guys. healthy. Yeah. You think you, – you feel like we're not re- returning a ton of offensive linemen, but then you – Nuri Nuri's going to be a big one. I mean, yep. he's, he's important. And I think Prohaska has got a chance to be phenomenal, you know? So I, I think you got some good offensive linemen. And Turner uh, and Corcoran and Benhart, you know, yeah. they got a ton of experience and, yeah. and they were pretty big, big time recruits when we got him. And I honk, I know you've said this a million times and I tend to agree with you. Um, they were big recruits when we got them. If, if they're getting developed and, and the offense is a little more structured, a little more targeted to what they want to do and build on strengths, there's no reason to think these guys couldn't make a big jump. If 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 I offered you a six foot, what is he? Six ten? Oh, six ten for Oscar. Six nine. No, ben Hart. say no, say Ben Hart. Say if I offered you a six foot nine offensive tackle who has tons of tar- starting experience in the Big Ten and put him in the transfer portal, don't you think you'd want that guy? Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. We have that guy. So it's like I don't, I don't know. We can, we can see how he can develop too, but I mean, I'm very interested in the offensive line this year, and I and I'm not I'm not in the camp of thinking that we didn't do enough to address it necessarily. I'm not. I think we haven't. I think the way we address the offensive line is 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 coaching up the guys that we have personally. And there were there were a lot of new faces that I'd never seen before, and I didn't know who they were. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of transfers, big dudes. Now, overall, there weren't a ton of offensive linemen. Right. Um, but there were a, a fair amount of brand new guys that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and a couple of them were playing with the ones. So, you know, I can't even comment on who the heck they were, but they were big and they were mm-hmm. different guys. So I think there's going to be some, you know, some new guys coming in playing those positions too. You know, could be. Ben Scott's the transfer from Arizona State, the center. Now, he was out on Saturday. Yes. They he said he was practice. back at practice today. He's so, probably going to start. Yeah, he's, ba- he's back in practice today. You, did you notice who was playing center or, and how, you know, how were the snaps and everything? I mean, did you see any yeah, you know, I, signs of he, concern there? No, he was a guy that I didn't know. I didn't recognize him. So I, I couldn't tell you who it was. And we were talking about him, me and my coaching staff were talking about him specifically. He was doing a good job and the snaps mm-hmm. were beautiful, but I have no idea who he was. 
So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. Um, know. And, and I'll tell you what, the defense looks so much different. It looks how, different. It's how? Not even the same. It's just the schematically, you know, mm-hmm. personnel. It's just mm-hmm. it, it's just as a whole different world. It's going to be huh. a lot more movement, a lot more, um, you know, lot. Just kind of letting them letting them fly a little bit more. Interesting. Um, I think you're just you're going to see a lot more blitz, a lot more, um, just a lot of. It's it's going to be the whole structure of the whole thing is just not going to look like anything that we've ever had in Lincoln. At Interesting. Least, you know, and I, I think I think Shenander's stuff was very very good, um, but it was you know a lot of just classic defense. You know, mm-hmm. whether it was the three four that we started with or the four man mm-hmm. front from the last couple of years. This one, it's just, it's it's well, and you got a little bit of a taste of those three threes, you know, in the bowl games. With it's not the same as TCU's by uh, uh, three three five, okay. but you know something like that. And I I watched Syracuse play in the bowl game just so I could kind of get a look, and it does look similar to okay. um, what Syracuse had. But like they said, they're going to morph it to the dudes we have. Yeah, and so you know we had a lot of guys that that weren't suited up or injured. You know, Reimer didn't play a whole lot, and mm-hmm. you know you still got Henrich out, and yeah. so you know who knows what exactly it's going to look like. They could have four guys with their hand in the ground, maybe. You know, mm-hmm. so um, but it definitely looked a lot different. That that's what I was you know wondering at points too is that you know how much flexibility is there between some of this is your personnel. I I made the statement before that you can make the argument you need less defense alignment in a four-man front versus a three-man front because the three-man front, they all need to be 270, 280 guys. In a four-man front, you need the two big dudes in the middle, and then your outside guys can be some of those edge guys. And we have plenty of those edge guys, whether it's Gunnarsson or or Chief Borders or, you know, Jamari Butler, you know, those guys that are more in the 240 range. So, you know, there could be times where I think size-wise and depth-wise, they may have the they may have more of the bodies to, to do more four-man front if that's what they, they choose to – to do well and that is in my opinion the position group that was the lightest of any was a defensive line mm. i mean i i would have to, i i mean the guys we had we had a lot of good ones out there ty robinson didn't even suit up so i didn't see him mm. um but we were definitely light and i'm not saying light physically just few bodies there yeah. just weren't a ton of defensive linemen out there um so I, I think that's probably something that they who knows if they're gonna go shopping in the portal or what they're gonna do but i think we got to improve that a little bit um and i think you're gonna maybe see a few more you're gonna have more positions probably for those uh 215 to 20 pound hybrid type linebackers a little bit more guys like the taggy and the you know guys like that that can get out there and run a little bit more in this defense just because it relies so much on blitzing and moving around and Mm. things like that so um you know previous years you know you could have a couple giant guys up front and you know some of those old school typical middle linebackers that could make reads and you know you kind of start stationary make a read and then get to the ball i think we're going to be dictating a little bit more going forward where we're just blitzing you know and Mm. And so I think you can maybe get a little bit more speed out on the field that way. And to me, Reimer is built perfect for this defense. I mean, he's a dude that can get out and run and go. I mean, he's, you know, they didn't know if he was going to be a safety or a linebacker when he first got here, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think this defense is built perfect for Reimer. So you might see him have a, have a big season. You know, he, Mm -hmm. he has to love the, how, how this thing's set up. 
Did are they rotating a lot? I mean, I'm not, it's probably a little limited in spring, but it sounds yeah. like one thing Rule really wants to do is make sure there's a heavy rotation in that defense. Yeah, you know? when they when they sent out the ones, there was multiple different guys going out there gotcha. with the ones. So it, yeah, it appeared, and you know what? It's a brand new staff. They're still trying to fill out personnel. They're trying to figure out. You know, I'm sure they have no idea. And and you know what? Everybody everybody who's still on the team's got a shot right now. Yeah, yeah. and so. They just had a lot of guys. It wasn't like there was just 11 that went out with the ones. It was right. a lot of different. And they would go, so the scrimmage went ones on ones, twos on twos, threes on threes, and then gotcha. back. And then they'd put them in situations. Okay, okay. The, um, there's there's two minutes to go. The offense is down by two points, one timeout, whatever. And then they did it some goal line. And gotcha. then they did some 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 inside the like uh, inside the 20 red zone. So they put them in all types of different situations. And then they, like I said, they did each situation with one versus one, two versus two and three versus three. Okay. Now, now I know our listeners will want to hear this when they got in the goal line, please tell me we got in a shotgun, right? Is that what we did at the one? Or I mean, well, uh, no, we, there was, there was definitely an I formation okay. sighting there. So well, that, that actually leads me. I was going to go back, switch back to the offense. Yeah, I, do want, I want to touch back on with the running backs eventually. So yeah. Sure. Back. Well, there's two positions I think that coach Osborne used to always use so well. And, and, and really was a differentiator for us. It was fullbacks. It was tight ends. Uh, you know, every team has some running backs. Every team has some, some fast receivers, but those two positions set us apart and right now, when we look at what we have right now on this on this team, tight end has gotten a lot of talk. Yeah. There's there's a lot of size Could and some, some real talent there. Sure. It's young and it's been inexperienced. Uh, a lot of you know, promise. So, so a lot of promise. And, and then, then the fullback is the other spot too. Is is what do we what are we seeing out of that? So I guess uh, in those two areas, there are personnel groupings and all that twelve and twenty two and all that. What kind of personnel groupings and and what did you see from those uh, those positions? Well, I mean. Yeah, I, I think typically, I think you're going to probably see mostly a spread offense, but they did have some eye formation. They put in situations, they put a fullback out there. You know, I don't know that, you know, these guys haven't really been able to recruit yet like they want to. So I don't know that we have the, you know, the, the big old burly typical Nebraska fullbacks out there even yet. But, sure. you know, they take, you know, they took a kid, um, uh, Clover, I think is his name, Clover, Clover, mm -hmm. who was a defensive lineman, I think, and they bumped him over to fullback, you know, so they're trying to find those body types right now to get those fullbacks out there. Um, there there's, there's new tight. I mentioned there was new linemen. That I didn't know there's new tight ends that I don't know. Mm -hmm. There was a kid number 99. I, I should have a roster on me, but I don't, um, who a uh, big tight end, not necessarily tall, but big. I mean, uh -huh. looks almost like a small offensive lineman, but he caught some passes, and he's obviously nimble with good hands. I think Fedone, if we got to do everything we can to keep that kid healthy because <laughs> he's pretty special, and you Is know he? he's third year in the program now, and he's big. I mean, he hmm. does he look I, noticeably sure, bigger? Uh, he looks big. He looks. I mean, he looks the part for sure. So I okay. really hope we get to see him out there on Saturdays because. I think he could be a big time player. I really do. He's got the look of as good as <laughs> I don't know. I, I hate to hype him up too much. He's never been out on the field, but from what I've seen, I think he can be darn good. He's you know, and then they got the humans. they got the kid from uh, from Creighton Prep. Um, oh, Rollins. Yeah, Rollins playing tight end, and he's he looks big. And you know, I don't, whether he's you know a part of things once the season gets going i don't know but he no, was i thought they were talking about moving him well to he, he was one of the gray shirts in a oh, practice okay. in a practice where he was playing both offense and defense so you're saying on saturday at least they had him 
playing he's offense. A, well, I, a, I saw him playing offense, yeah. Playing tight end. Okay. okay. And he looks he looks the part too. I mean, he's a big, strong dude. He's, he's in yeah, run. You, you have Gilbert, the transfer from uh from Georgia, and and he was you know a big time. You know, I never noticed him. I don't know if he was hurt. Okay. I don't know. I did not. Yeah, I, I forgot about him, and I did not notice him. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know. I noticed, like I said, Fedone and then this other kid. So, yeah, I forgot all about that guy. I don't know. Now, you mentioned uh, uh, Kluber being moved over to t- uh, fullback. I have to admit, this would have been back in January, and we were prognosticating on the uh, sure. on the Redcast, but there's a certain kid wearing number 41 yeah. I threw out as a name. Clearly, I was like, that's I was a like, fullback hey, number I mean, all day. <laughs> I mean, you know him better. Than it. Can, can you can you squelch those Redcast rumors? Is that not happening? Or could, well, could no, he's he's linebacker. Could. I mean, he was out there with the top groups. He mm-hmm. he kid's never been hurt, and he popped his hip flexor. It's probably oh, not. Gosh. I'm hoping he'll be able to be fine for the last week or so and be able to play in the spring game. But no, he he's playing linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's like all the other kids. It's new staff and yeah hoping to get a shot out there but yeah he was playing with with some of the upper groups during the scrimmage and but but he was he was recruited hard by kansas state iowa state they wanted him real bad for like a fullback yeah back that's back. what i thought that, i thought he yeah. had i thought there was in his recruitment he was kind of a not not a tweener what do you call just but there was a yeah he was being recruited too. yeah like an off the line tight end like a wing type mm-hmm. of yeah. tight end. what's his um, eligibility what, what's he's got two in? years left. He's got two years left. Okay. And he might even, I don't know if he's going to take it or not, but he could even potentially get a, a medical hardship for last year if he wanted to. He hasn't applied for anything yet, but um, no, he's got two years left for okay. sure. Okay. This yeah, is no, fifth and then the COVID year after that. Yeah. Yeah. What a weird, what a weird experience for him. Like <laughs> what a weird time to go to college. Just strange. Oh, oh yeah, no, there's been it has been crazy. I mean, those like I said, those guys have been through the ringer and they've been <laughs> they really through, have they've been through so many crazy things with COVID and that That's... whole stupid lawsuit with the oh yeah, <laughs> oh, all yeah. that ridiculous it's junk. Crazy. Yeah, there was just yeah, there's not been, been through a lot, so yeah. Not well, typical. Um oh geez, my oh how has uh I guess again this could put your parent hat back on for a second. How has uh, the transition been for him? Like, it we've heard some players, you know, like uh, for some players, this is going to be brand new, and and they they're going to like it, or they're not going to like it, or maybe there's somebody who is just looking for that, that another chance, a new set of eyes on him. Yeah. For someone like Garrett, I mean, has this been a, a a fresh set of eyes on him? You know, giving him a new chance. I mean, how has he kind of viewed the the changes? Yeah, I mean, for sure. And you know, last year, last year was a great opportunity for him, but. You know, he was he was going with the ones. He was rotating with Reimer. And, you know, Reimer and uh, Henrich were the starters, but Garrett mm-hmm. was rotating with those guys all through the the spring, or not the spring, the, the preseason, the fall camp with the starters. And two days before they left for Ireland, he had a lineman fall on his foot and he tore his plantar fascia and it cost him eight oh. weeks. So, and that, that was a frustrating thing wow. because – you know, there were some injuries in there and, you know, he would have, he would have been right in the middle of everything. And, you know, you come back eight weeks later and they got a new defensive coordinator and everything's different. And he just, he went from maybe even starting a few of those games with those injuries they had, to, mm-hmm. you know, not really playing much at all. So that last year was personally for him was very frustrating, I would say. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was, if he would have stayed healthy, he would have been in the middle of things last year this year. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody it's, it's a fresh start for everybody. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, they, they know that Luke Reimer's a 
stud. They know that he's a starter and he's a man. You know, they there's certain guys that, but even so, I mean, every coach, they're gonna give everybody a chance and they're gonna they're gonna evaluate. And that's like like I said in the scrimmage, even though they said ones, there was a lot of different guys yeah. going in with those groups. Yeah. Just because they're trying to get eyes on every kid, they're trying to evaluate them. Cause the spring, you're trying to teach the 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 offenses and defense to those kids, but it's also those coaches, new coaches evaluating sure. them because you can watch film all you want, but once you see them live in person, that's that's where you can really evaluate them. So, well, um, yeah, I mean, it's probably the truest evaluation they ever get as a team. You know, what's that? It's, it's probably the truest evaluation oh. you can ever get of a team because you don't have any recruiting bias or anything like that. You just mm-hmm. show up. It's all like, hey, who can play for me? It's yeah. got to be invigorating for for your sons. You know, just to kind of be like, all right, clean slate. Yeah. You know, no history. Everybody's mm-hmm. starting from scratch. We're all learning a new defense and you know, and I think that's probably true for a lot of guys for a lot of positions, and that's yeah. exactly what this team needs. I think a lot of these guys to get these, you know, there's there's, I guess my point is there's talent on this team, and, and and it's not going to surprise me if we have a good turnaround if we can extract some of this talent, you know, and focus it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and so many new bodies out there too. I mean, there's 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 a lot of potential for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's transition just a little bit away we started talking a little bit about potential there and we talked yeah. talked a little bit about expectations coach i mean you got to see the team you know what as you kind of go into the this is something i've been doing with the fan forum too what what are your expectations for year one what are the things that you really want to see come out of out of this off season and it, it can be a win total if you want to say that or it can just be you know what what are the the, the culture what what are the things that you want to see be accomplished you know, if we're sitting here having the same conversation in January next year. Well, you know, I, I, I'd like to be somewhere warm in January. That would be nice. <laughs> I mean, I've been a dad for four years and I haven't been to a bowl game, so that would be awesome. But you know, the, the great thing about these coaches, they've, they've got experience or coach rule at least does. I mean, they've got experience at multiple schools, different levels. He's been a head coach a long time, you know, and, you know, a lot of the previous staffs, you know, Mike Riley had a ton of experience, but, you know, Bill Callahan didn't have a ton of head coaching experience. Bo Pelini didn't have a ton of head coaching experience. Yeah. You know, Frost only had a couple of years of head coaching experience. And sometimes when you haven't been the head guy for a long time, you know, things like game management are tough sometimes. Um, culture building is tough sometimes. And I'm not just talking about the last staff, but, you know, some of the previous ones all the way back down the road. Matt Rule's been there. He's done that. He's turned around programs. He's, you know, he's, I don't think he's going to make too many mistakes in game. Or when it's, uh, when we're down by five points with the ball with a minute and a half to go or whatever, he's not, he's not going to get shaken. He's going to, he's going to know how to handle those situations. So um, I'm, I'm excited about those little things going our way. I'm excited about, because it, you know, you say, well, geez, we we're so close, so close. But when you're just so close and you're on the wrong end so many consecutive times, there's obviously something wrong at right. some level. And like like we mentioned earlier, it's a lot of those little things that start from day one when they get here. A lot of those little things, like whether it's how you you know interact with the kids in the locker room or how you the little ways that you practice or little things in the strength and conditioning program or whatever but all those little things add up to whether or not you win those close games i mean um and so i'm excited to see 
And my expectation is that these guys are going to build that culture that they want. They're going to get those little things taken care of. I mean, Coach Rule came unglued in the scrimmage the other day because, well, we had a scrimmage in the red zone or, excuse me, a fumble in the red zone during the scrimmage and uh, a penalty in the red zone. He wasn't happy about that. He wasn't going to allow that stuff to happen. So um, that's what I want to see. I want to see us um, be able to come through in those big moments and just find a way to get it done. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just unbelievable to me how, well, how for our kids never quit. They never quit. We only got blown out once in the last yep. four years that I can remember. And that was Oklahoma last year. Yep. We never quit. But yet at the same time, so many of those games, we lost close. These guys I'm hoping we'll be able to switch that mm-hmm. just because of their experience. They've yeah. had as coaches. I love, I love the, what you said there about rule in the, in the red zone and, fumbling and, and that driving them crazy and having a penalty, um, you know, really fumbling and turnovers anywhere drives, drives the coach yeah. crazy. It takes me back to 95 and Frazier and Beringer go having a, a battle going into their senior year. Who's going to be the starter. And, you know, the, the story goes that Beringer had one extra turnover. I think it was an extra interception yeah. in one scrimmage and Osborne, that would, he graded everything. And that was the difference. We aren't going to turn the ball over. And, and, that's how important it was. One one play like that could be the difference between you playing or not at that position. And, you know, we've we've had enough games now, and this is where I say mm-hmm. it's not the little things, right? It's not – turning the ball over isn't a little thing or that penalty, mm-hmm. you know, back-to-back penalties to start a game or whatever. Those aren't yeah. little things. They, they, yeah. they, they, mm-hmm. they, they're real, you know, fundamental things. And I love seeing uh, the coach – I love hearing you say that, 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 you know, he really hit on that as being important there. So I love that. I want to get out of here talking about one other thing, and that is Coach Solich is going to be back for the yeah, spring yeah. game. Um, uh, we mentioned, you know, our first coaches clinic, you know, we were there during Solich. You've been all the way back to the Solich era as well. What does that mean to you, Coach, to see Frank coming back for the first time since 2003 and to, and to see him, you know, what are you expecting to see on spring game as he's being welcomed back in, in Memorial Stadium? I would have to assume it's going to be a roaring ovation. I would have oh to gosh. expect that. I mean, I know I'll be mm-hmm. yelling. Um, <laughs> I was I was very excited. And I, I think the previous staff wanted to get him in too, but it was, you know, maybe it's just because he's out of, of coaching now that he's coming back and doing that. But I, I, I think it's awesome. I think it's great that these guys, and we mentioned their feelings towards Coach Osborne, but them reaching out to Coach Solich too. You know, these the, – one thing that drove me nuts about Bill Callahan when he took the job is he wanted to just, hey, we got to change the culture. We got to, you know, this is we're, this is my team. We're doing it this way. That didn't work. You know, these guys realize, yeah, they're going to do it their way, but they still want to reach out to the past because how can you not at this place? I mean, how can you mm-hmm. not have some reverence for the past and want to reach out for the past? And so I'm, I'm super excited that he's coming in, and I think you're going to see the stadium um, – really really be excited as well and i think you'll get a great ovation and i i hope that coach solich is and i do not know coach solich personally um but i i really would have to assume that it's going to be a special day for him and i i hope it is because he's a pretty important guy in the history of nebraska football yeah. i mean and so it's uh it's mm-hmm. really a neat thing to get him back yeah and the history of nebraska football it, it's a storied and tradition a storied and tradition rich history and yeah. I, one of my favorite stories is hearing osborne when he became ad right after Peterson left and they had just built that new North stadium, brand new. I remember one of the coaches clinics right afterwards, it looked beautiful, but it was white walls. There's nothing on them. 
And Osborne, he was asked a couple of weeks into being the AD, they, you know, what are you going to do? And he's like, well, the walls are pretty bare. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to get some of those championship trophies. If we're going to get some of those hall of fame, you know, uh, pictures up that the, the players were taking photos in front of, we're going to start to yeah. to show some of that history. And we've had the, the blessing on this show of having Tyler Kai, the associate AD at Nebraska on, and he helped with all the fundraising and everything. And he's, uh, given us a lot of the insight on what's going on with the new North facility. I think that's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see that open up. I think it's going to be amazing for players, for recruits, and for us fans. There's going to be areas for us to go into and and see some of that history. So I think that's that's going to be uh, an awesome thing to see open. Well, it sounds like the, the players might even get in there this summer. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think the coaches are moving in until – end of August or the beginning of September, but it's, it's getting close. I mean, we, we yep. didn't get to go through it and tour it or anything, but we were, I was right up close to it and boy, it's, it, it's coming along. It's almost yeah. there. So I, I'm like you, I'm, I remember when they built the new North stadium and I remember going through there and looking around and thinking, how can anything possibly ever be better than this? <laughs> <laughs> and then not too long later, all of a sudden, you know, everybody catches up with us. I'm like, wow. Yeah. And so, you know, and so through Garrett's recruiting, we went through some of these other big stadiums and I'm really was blown away. So I think this one, is going to be special from some of the things I'm seeing that's going in there. So I'm really excited to see it. I'm, I'm really happy that Garrett gets to be a part of it for a couple of years too. And yeah, um, so I, I really am excited to take a look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I've heard is that the, the football team, they're, they're going to move football related things into it first before they get all the other things done, but the football team should be in there by the fall. As you mentioned, coaching staff might trickle in a little later than eventually the training table and, and some of the study areas and things that, that will open as, as it gets done. But it uh, should be an amazing facility. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure. it is time for our parting shots here. And, uh, Mac, I'll let you start off. And then, as is our tradition on the show, we always allow our guests to have the final one. So, Mac, take it away. Oh, well, I just I just want to thank our guests tonight. It was so fun talking to you. It was great to uh, be able to kind of see behind the, the scenes and, and hear that it's the same kind of stuff we're hearing in front of the camera. So that's lovely. And, uh you know, it's a beautiful day out today. Spring is in the air. I can go to the spring game, so that's fantastic. I had to uh, get my tickets back from Dave. Sorry, Dave. Mac thought he had a family reunion that weekend. Then yeah. re- realized he didn't, so he gave his tickets away and then had to take them back. Yeah, I, as soon as I found out, I'm like, oh, I got them wrong. I'm like, hey, Dave, give it back. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it like for me and my son, my son ain't going to ever go play for the Oscars. Bless his heart. But he's a... Uh, but he's a good boy. <laughs> but like we, the spring game is kind of our jam, man. We get to go and do our own thing. So I love going to the spring game. Mm-hmm. All right, coach, the floor is yours. Well, I don't, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, it's uh, like, like we've said, every time a new staff comes in, there's always excitement and enthusiasm and everybody's, you know, kind of excited about the new stuff to come. But I, I think they got the right guy. I think they got the right staff. I think the players are bought in. Um, I'm, I'm excited. It's not going to come at once. You know, we're probably not going to win a national title this year. Um, but I want, I want to see improvement and I think we will, cause I think they're going about it all, um, the right way. So it's, uh, it's, it's a fun and exciting time to be a Husker fan, to be a Husker dad. And I think it's going to be, think it's going to be a good year. So I'm, I'm like you, I, I volunteered to, to run the discus at a track meet 
on the day of the spring game. And I just realized it two or three days ago. So I got to make oh, that man. call tomorrow and tell him, sorry, I can't run the, <laughs> the discus at the, the York Yowl track meet because um, I got to be at the spring game. So I'm, I'm really excited to see that stadium full again. It's always, oh, yeah. it's always a really cool football fix in the middle of the spring to sure. get into that stadium. You know, a lot of tailgating before and get mm-hmm. into the stadium and see all the kids get out there and play. I hope Garrett's, Hip is healed, so he can get out there and get. Oh, some hope so too. Absolutely, hope um, so too. But no, this. Thanks for having me on again. I love doing this. I love talking Huskers. I've been diehard Husker fan since birth. My whole family is. My son Dalton, my son Garrett, my wife Allison. We we love them. You can see right back here. I guess oh, yeah. we're Husker fans since since birth. So um, we love it and love talking about it and be happy to do it anytime. Well, we'd love to have you back. Yeah, how blast. how so is Dal- how's Dalton doing, and how's recruiting and everything going there for him? He's going. He got a scholar. Well, he broke his leg in the last game of the regular oh. season oh, during his senior year, and but he's he played at the end of basketball, and right now he's okay. running track, and he got a scholarship. He's going to play H back at UNK. Ooh, um, Coach Held. So, yeah. So I'm. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. It's got kind of a mini Nebraska feel up there with. Uh, sure. Um, you know, Coach Colby Ellis is the offensive coordinator. He was a. Yeah. Uh, uh, a GA here. So it's, uh, it's exciting. I'm happy. I, 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 there might even be a few weeks. I might be able to get to a, a morning game in Lincoln and an afternoon game. And oh, how, how in, quick can you Carney. get to, how quick um, can you get to Carney from York? I can get to Carney. I can get to the stadium about an hour and hour and 25. Hour 25? And okay. From here to Lincoln, it's an hour. So okay, it's, it's works pretty much perfect for us. Dalton yeah. was really considering Sioux Falls and, I'd have been uh, happy to go there, but I'm a lot yeah. happier to go to Carney instead of Sioux Falls. <laughs> For being, so. sure, man. We we are road warriors during the season. I'm telling you, we've we've only missed two games, and that was both at Rutgers games. One of them because uh, during COVID they didn't allow parents in, and this year was because it was on Friday night and I was coaching, and I didn't go to Ireland. My wife it, went. To well, Ireland. that's great. Yeah, you mentioned that the last time you were on, you're like. It, it, it's our opener. I think you were at Lexington, and your yes. wife was your wife was going to. She uh, kept she kept FaceTiming me from the pubs when I was in the middle of teaching oh, class man. because of the time That's difference. Cold. So, That's <laughs> cold. That was rough, but but you guys so, got no, the win. We, we go to every game and we love it. So we're we're going to be putting on more miles, and we'll, we'll keep doing it. We wouldn't. We're miss going to the Minnesota game. game. Yeah, we'll be at we'll be at Minnesota and Colorado the first two. So if we see you out there, yeah, love yeah, that. And I'm and the Minnesota's on a Thursday. Dalton's first UNK game's on a Thursday and that Minnesota game. But I think I hate doing this, but I might miss a practice on Thursday night so I can get down to that game in Minnesota. But mm, yeah. yeah, I'll be the one wearing red. So if you see me, <laughs> that'll be me. Well, coach, thank you so much. Great Appreciate luck. It, yeah. Best of luck to to the yep. York Dukes yeah. this year. And uh, best of luck also to Garrett, to Dalton. Uh, best health wishes on everyone with yes. your injuries. So best, best health there. And uh, uh, thank you so much again, uh, Mac. It's been a blast. Yeah, so much fun. This has been another Go Big Redcast. Heard at Sports Network Production.